SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of Vegas Sportsbook Radio on the SportsGrid Radio Network. Sirius 159 and AM 1400 KSHP in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing along with Stevie Slapshot. Glad to be with you on a Thursday. We got bowl games, hockey, NBA, week 17 of the NFL. Blood on the docket. It, as muddy as the waters are, we're getting a lot of games. We're getting in more than I, I, I thought it was going to come to a halt, Brian. i, I got to tell you the truth. A, a, a week, a week and a half ago, I, I thought it, we were just going to have to stop. Um, these, these leagues are doing their best to, to fight their way through this thing, and I, I applaud them for that. But I, I do feel like Mike over, over at my job, it, heads on a swivel, man. You, you have to be paying attention uh, for what's coming next between uh, postponements and rescheduling of games and then, you know, what guy, you know, is the guy to get it next and how long is he going to be out? And, and you know, you got to make adjustments on those lines for those players. Well, we're getting most of the balls in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that that UCLA thing that just didn't feel right. Did it? Did no. it feel right to you? No. That was a shame, man. That, that was looking forward to that game. I, I know. Yeah, NC State UCLA looked like it was going to be a great game. South Carolina did get the win. That game's final now. Thirty-eight twenty-one. Gamecocks get the best of North Carolina. There was a lot of money on North Carolina too. North Carolina was a both uh, North Carolina and NC State were were both uh, teams that. People that I respect going into the season thought, you know, we're, we're pretty good football teams this year. Um, I, I, I don't. Did, did they live up to that for you? I, I, I got a feeling like based on the hype that I was hearing before the season started, that we kind of expected more out of them than we got. But it, that's not to say that they had bad football seasons. So. They had some really quirky efforts. Uh, no getting around that. Other ones coming up. Purdue, Tennessee, Tennessee seven and a half, sixty six and a half. I think this has the makings of a pretty good football game tonight. Yeah, me too. Pittsburgh, Michigan State. Yeah, I, I think okay. this this is a ball game. Michigan State three and a half, totals fifty five. I Michigan State. You know, you've always thought of them run and stop the run. Physical, they can score. Yes, they can. Yes, this is a different Sparty. Um, so that they can't score. And then, again, I'm looking forward to it, but, but Kenny Pickett is not going to be there. That's a little disappointing. I, I, I would really like to see you know, him run that, the, the Pittsburgh offense in this game. But I'm, I still think it's going to be a really good game. Well, we didn't talk about it in the first hour. We did a lot on Georgia, Michigan. What's your read on Cincinnati and the opportunity before them? Well, the, the opportunity is fantastic. Um, I think though, I think they will step up to it. Um, you know, I I'm not saying that they win, but I, I think we'll get their best effort, and that's all. That's all you can really ask of them. I think it's a big deal that they're competitive. Like it's a good, you know, it's a good game because mm-hmm. you want teams like this to get their opportunity right. down the road. Although. 
it's funny. Uh, everybody seems to always have been very forgiving of Notre Dame getting the Sasquatch <laughs> foot stomped on them in these games, and they always got another chance. Yeah. Well, that's Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, that's a complete – Notre Dame seems to be in its own little pocket, this one-team pocket in, in, in college football, and then there's everybody else. Um, I, I hope that Cincinnati gives a good effort. I think they will. And uh, win or lose, you know, the, the, I'm with you. That, that that bodes well going forward for teams like that. And, again, I hope we, I hope we get to an eight-game playoff so you can get a couple of teams in, in the playoff like that and, and eventually one of them is going to really make a run, and, and, then, and then we're all on board with it. Speaking of Notre Dame, how about the game, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, with Oklahoma State? Boy, there's a lot of subplots here. There really are. Notre Dame 2, 2.5, 45, 45.5, the consensus total. Oklahoma State's a yard short of playing for the championship. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame was holding out hope they'd get help from above and they'd sneak in. Right. Are they both excited to be there, I guess, is the question. That is a good question. Uh, and you get a new head coach. Right. And, and then you've got Mike Cundy, who is just an interesting character. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't know what this, I don't know what this game holds. I, I think it'll be a close game. I'm, I'm not sure how well either team plays, though. And... I'm not sure about you know Notre Dame's coach is gone exactly what we're going to get from them with it with a different guy coaching. I, I think Oklahoma State's comfortable um, because Gundy's still there, but I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure how the teams feel about being in this game. All right, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet's going to check in with us when we come back. Hey, listen, all the bowl games they're going to be on the tube over at Oasis 49:55 South Decatur. Great gaming promotions, the food, the drink, the kitchen's open 24-7. Great joint, check it out. Tomorrow, all the six-inch subs, only five bucks over at John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. Tomorrow, we'll be over at the Superbook at the Westgate to take you to the end of 2021, thankfully. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, back in Vegas, Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing with Stevie Slapshot. And we're going to bring our buddy Bruce Marshall in from the Gold Sheet. Always a treat when Bruce can join us. And, you know, with the passing of John Madden the other day, leave it to Bruce. Bruce sent me a text, you know, waxing uh, nostalgic and kind of a historian. Bruce kind of blooded out that the coaching list of guys that were, you know, going when Madden was... A prominent on the field as a coach, that you know, list of coaches has dwindled. Bruce, bring it, bring it up to speed. Where you said, from, and you took it to the American Football League perspective, bud. Yeah, Brian, and uh, happy New Year to you and everybody. Yes, the, sir. Uh, yeah, and uh, w- uh, Coach Madden's passing uh, that leaves the, the last surviving AFL head coach is actually Joe Collier. 
and they called him Joel with an L back when he was Buffalo's coach after Lou Saban. Uh, but uh, Collier was only 34 when he got the Buffalo job. He's 89 now, and of course he went on after he was fired early in the 68 season um, and replaced, I believe, by Harvey Johnson that year. And Harvey took over again a couple of years later. Uh, uh, he went far. Harvey, Harvey, by the way, Har- Harvey Johnson very stoutly produced a one-win season to get the O.J. Simpson. <laughs> yes, that's right. And uh, uh, the uh, uh, he went on to lo- follow Lou Saban to Denver, where he became a d- story defensive coordinator for through the seventies into the eighties. So he was there all the way through Ralston and Dan Reeves and Red Miller, obviously. But um, Collier is the last surviving AFL head coach now. Um, from the 60s, and that's from the 60s. From the 60s, there's only three surviving NFL coaches still, Bud Grant, Joe Schmidt, and Charlie Winter uh, from the uh, Cardinals. Uh, he later became head coach of the Jets. He succeeded Weeb Eubank, who actually was his uh, father-in-law. <laughs> Winter is now 97 years old. And if I could, a quick aside about Winter. I mean, this is the sort of guy who we used to know as coaches back long ago who actually fought in World War II. In Winter's case, he was a B-17 bomber pilot, uh, shot down in a, spent time in a German POW camp, uh, and then uh, survived and uh, ended up becoming a football coach and an executive for many years after he was coaching. But those are the sort of guys that we used to have as coaches, not the Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur types of today. I mean, we grew up, guys like Winter fought in World War II. When I was little, Warren Spahn was still pitching. Warren Spahn fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Um, DeAndros, the old uh, Oregon State coach, was uh, fought at Iwo Jima. I mean, so these are the sort of guys we used to have, uh, you know, in sports back then. And uh, well, instead we get now the guys like uh, these young brats who are coaching us. <laughs> but for whatever it's worth. But my one Madden story I want to tell if I could. The one of all this, a lot of accolades for Madden. Of course, he's very, you know, very prominent guy. The one that always stuck me was after uh, Daryl Stingley had that terrible injury in 78 in the preseason up in Oakland. And he became a quadriplegic, but they, he had to be, you know, they wasn't, weren't sure he was going to survive early, but he had to stay in hospital up in the Bay Area, uh, in the East Bay, in Pleasanton, I think, for about three months before he could even move back to, you know, Boston area. And they said, and Stingley said this later, he said every night, every night, uh, Madden came to visit him every night in the hospital there. He said even, he said the only day he might miss is when they were on a road trip, and even when the night they came back from a road trip and the opening game of 78, Oakland played at Denver and lost a very tough decision, so Madden couldn't have been too happy. But as soon as he landed in Oakland that night, right over to um, to visit Stingley, and he sort of went over the whole game with him. And Stingley said, well, I wasn't able even to talk too much then, but it was great. He said Madden was doing all this stuff and telling him about the game. And he said, but that, he said, if it wasn't for Madden, he said, I, he said, I don't think I would have made it through. And he said he loved Madden. And because of that, and that, that spoke to, you know, that was volumes about Madden. Nobody, that's an awesome Madden story. never told people about that, but Stingley did. And I think that's the humanity of the guy. And sadly, I think a lot of that's missing from modern coaches, but Madden certainly certainly had it. Hey, by the way, you had mentioned this earlier on, 
Uh, you said Joe Schmidt. And I go back to our youth, Bruce. The movie Paper Lion with oh, yeah. Alan Alda, who was playing yeah. George Plimpton. Well, yeah. in that movie, the Lions, the football team, played themselves. The The only guy that was an actor was George Plimpton's character, was Alan right. Alda. But Alex Karras, who ended up being an actor. But but Joe Schmidt was good. He, remember him acting in that movie? I mean, you're like, yeah. yeah, if he tells me to do something, I'm doing it. Well, yeah, and they, uh, um, you know, John Gordy and Wayne Walker and Roger Brown were still there before they traded into the Rams. They had, they filmed that. If you that you watch, there was an actual preseason game they played against the Cardinals St. in St. Louis. Yeah, and that was they used that. And apparently, I read a thing they did it like at halftime of that game. They went out and they did some more filming, just that part of the game. But you'll see footage of that game and the real plays of that preseason game in '67. Uh, in paper line. And yeah, Schmidt, that was his uh, first year as head coach because he'd been a great linebacker, you know, before that. And uh, Schmidt was actually a good coach for the Lions. He, I think he's, in our lifetime, he's the best coach unless we can't. I guess you and I were both alive very briefly, you know, this, you know George Wilson yes. uh, when he was still coach. But, uh, and they won the title in 57. That was the year before I was born. But um, uh, Schmidt was a winning coach for the Lions, which they haven't had too many lately. Just on on the Madden front, I guess one more thing, Bruce. I mean, you know, the coaching notwithstanding, what he did when he popped into TV and became such a natural. And, you know, I mean, it was a shtick, but it was still informed and fun. And, boy, there's not much of that anymore, is there? No. And, yeah, Madden was unique. And, uh, and by the way, guys, these, guys, these guys all take themselves so seriously now. Yeah, and, and I think the only regret I have about Madden is a lot of people forgot how good a team Summerall and Tom Brookshire were before that, and uh, which I, that was always my favorite. It was like they were talking in a saloon, which is how Summerall described it. But Madden came in, and by 80, in 81 was the year he really elevated up to that top team with Summerall. He, had, he started the year after he retired from the Raiders, so that was 78 he retired last year. 79 he was working, and 80 he was working some, he was working CBS, but he became into the top team in 81. And he was just too too much fun for them not to not to have on the uh, uh, you know on the number one crew there. So yeah, I mean he was he was almost bigger than life in a lot of ways, and, uh, and you know the Madden Cruiser and all that. Uh, you know he he was a celebrity of the highest order of the NFL. That's right. You don't have like fun sort of celebrities like that now. It's it's too too buttoned down and too corporate now. Madden was a throwback for sure. Well, and you got the gig, uh, Bruce, because of the uh, light beer commercials, where, where they saw how fun he was and how and how glib and how loose and whatever, and that led him then uh, to become the uh, the the the, uh, the analyst uh, for the football games. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was yeah. That's right. The light beer commercials, which were actually pretty funny back in. <laughs> In yeah. those days, I remember those. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was just made for that te- that role there, and he and Summerall really worked uh, well uh, for all those years. And you know, then he in, you know he moved with Summerall, uh, uh, you know, after that. And I think then, right. he, then he moved to N- NBC, right? So, I mean, he's he was bigger than life, and you know, it, uh, but they don't make him like Madden anymore. That's for sure. Hey, Bruce, uh, we'll dive into the, some of the bowl games in Week 17 in the NFL, but tell them about the gold sheet and all the goodies. Yeah, thanks, uh, Brian. Check us out on linegoldseat.com. Basketball every day. We're doing our best. 
college hoops because they're not playing all of them. Enough of them they're playing. And, of course, NBA, too. That's basketball every day. And, of course, bowl issue three up there down on the NFL for this weekend. And uh, we're keeping updated on that stuff, too. Goldsheet.com. My picks are up there. Also, Vegas Insider and Dumbest.com. Another segment with Bruce Marshall to come on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Hey, if you're coming in from out of town... Get yourself a mobile app, even if you're here for four days. The only prerequisite is be in the state of Nevada. You don't stay in line. You don't get shut out. The STN mobile app, you get up to $100 sign-up bonus. Our friends at Station Casinos. Back to Vegas, Sportsbook Radio. Back in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot in Vegas. Glad to be with you. And we're thrilled to have Bruce Marshall Joining us today from the Gold Sheet, a legendary publication. Bruce, the game's today in bowl season. We got the one under our belt. South Carolina gets the win over North Carolina. I'm intrigued by the uh, Pittsburgh-Michigan State game tonight. What do you make of that one? Yeah, I am too. If I could, real quick comment on North Carolina, South Carolina. Sure. I mean, here's a deal, a team that really wanted to play this bowl game and one that really didn't. Uh, North and it was South Carolina really took it too. They jumped on North Carolina early. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I, I think it's done. This Mac Brown thing in North Carolina now, um, because this was supposed to. This is the year it was supposed to have happened, and it fell way, way short. And when you're up as old as Brown is now to restart it over again, I would not be surprised if he if he uh, retires. Just, just I'll just put that out on the table right now because it's not going. It's going downhill from now. Uh, at Chapel Hill if he stays there because this is supposed to be the year and it, and it, and it wasn't. Uh, the pit game is really interesting because no, I mean, the top players, uh, both sides are not there. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the big running back for, uh, for the, uh, the Spartans, is not going to play. He has opted out. And so has Kenny Pickett from Pitt, the quarterback. That really is a downer because Pickett was putting up some really good numbers as the season went on and uh, you know, that, that was really uh, we're really looking forward to having him play in the, in the bowls, uh, but in the bowl game, but he, but he isn't going to play. So they're going with the backup Patty uh, next year. Uh, this, this would be a little easier next year to make the case for Pitt Cause we know Keaton Slovis from USC is transferring in. Uh, but Patty, the backup quarterback has just thrown a few passes this year. Mark Whipple, their offensive coordinator has left for Nebraska now that stuff on the staff doesn't quite it doesn't always translate into a negative unless there's a mass defection on the staff like there was at Nevada for that game against Western Michigan last week. So I mean this is different. This is gonna have a different look than it would have been at the end of the regular season. I would have jumped on Pitt at that point because I think Pickett was was playing at such a high level. Um, I think Pitt's probably still worth a look. Uh Narduzzi's defense is awfully good. They ranked only sec- second only behind Oak State in sacks this year, 51. So they're going to get after Peyton Thorne, who doesn't have Walker, who that offense really based around this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into sort of a lower-scoring game, especially with Pitt going with its backup quarterback, who hasn't played much at all this year. So it's intriguing for a different way, but it's also sort of indicative of the bowl season, Brian, because this is not the matchup it could have been 
And in past years, you would have seen with some real feature performers there and guys who were sort of, you know, in the hygiene mix most of the year. They're not playing. And I think that's sort of a commentary on the, the whole bowl system right now. A lot of these games aren't what they uh, could be or used to be. I wanted to talk to you, Bruce, about the two quarterbacks that you mentioned. Kenny Pickett, when he first was at Pittsburgh, he was injured all the time. And I thought, this guy is going to be one of those guys that's got all this talent and yet just can't stay healthy. And then this year just exploded. And I'm wondering how good you think he will be in the pros. And then Keaton Slovis, who comes in. I, there, was, there were times at USC when I really liked what I saw from that kid. How do you think he'll do at Pitt next year? Uh, on the second part, first, Stevie, I'm, I'm not sure about Slovis because uh, he sort of uh, faded uh, after, and along with the whole thing at SC with, with uh, Helton. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how that's going to work for him. I mean, it, it's interesting. SC's had a lot of quarterbacks, you know, leave the last couple of years. And he's following JT Daniels out of town as a guy he replaced. Um, so I'm not sure about about Slovis. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as good as Pickett was this year. That was something of a surprise, back to your first part, how good Pickett turned out this year. I didn't see that coming. He had never thrown more than 13 TD passes in a year. And, of course, yeah, like you said, he had some injury problems in the past. But we saw what he could do. I mean, and when you watch Pitt, I mean, he really looked smooth out there. They got through 40 touchdown passes this year. They're talking about him as a first-round pick. Uh, maybe a higher first round pick, maybe the first quarterback taken in the draft. And I know the Steelers, there's people in Pittsburgh who really think they would love to see the Steelers get him. Where the Steelers are projected to draft right now, they'd probably have to trade up to get him, though, because uh, they're looking about middle of the first round and they don't think he's going to last that long. So I think that's one of the more interesting stories of this season is how Pickett emerged. And not, I mean, one is a Heisman contender, and now is a first round, maybe a high first round pick. Nobody saw this coming before the beginning of the season. So, uh, credit to him and and Coach Narduzzi for finally unleashing it. I got more respect for Narduzzi now. I was a little, you know, and never quite too sure about him uh, into this year, but now I think he's established himself. And by the way, he had been at Michigan State for a year, seven years as. Uh, Mark D'Antonio's defensive coordinator before he moved to Pitt. So there's a little connection for him back to East Lansing in this game. Bruce, I'll just throw to you and let you run with it. The NFL landscape heading into week 17 after some of the results last week that kind of really set the stage for maybe some of the big picture things, but the wild card races are nuts. Yeah, they are. And we got to see how some of this COVID stuff plays out this week. Uh, the Raiders are on an incredible string of luck here right now. And, you know, catching the Browns in a game with, where they had to go, you know, with their third quarterback, a game they should not have won. Um, catching Denver with its backup quarterback, although they might have beaten Denver anyway, and the chance they might get the Colts with Sam Ellinger this week. I mean, this team, the Raiders are not that good, and they are suddenly still hanging in this playoff race. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, there's a thought that Wentz, who went into COVID protocol early this week, could come off by Sunday morning. Uh, he's not sick, apparently. Um, so that's, there's a chance he's going to play. It hasn't moved the number all that much. Uh, Ellinger, the Texas rookie, would get the start if Wentz can't play. So, I mean, that's a big difference there. If Wentz is there, Indianapolis will win this game. If he's not, I don't know. So that's a big deal in that game. And some of the other ones around the league, too, we've got to watch all this stuff with who's going to play and, and, and who isn't. But the, the landscape is shaping up a little bit right now. I think an interesting game 
Uh, the Chargers have right now fallen sort of out of a, a playoff spot. They've got to pick it up. Broncos this week at home, and then the Raiders next week at Allegiant Stadium. So they're like in a must-win situation. And uh, Vic Fangio's defense has caused some problems for Herbert the last couple of times he's played them, beat them pretty badly last month in Denver, picked them off a couple of times. So this is really big for the Chargers this week. Uh, I'd also watch this Ravens game. Uh, they're getting a lot of these guys back from COVID. Uh, they were really depleted for that game against Cincinnati last week. Tyler Huntley has been cleared. At least they know they've got him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who wasn't a COVID guy, they didn't, he's, it's been his ankle. But he's back to practice this week. If they are closer to full strength, I think Baltimore is the best play on the card this week against the Rams, who, who sewed up the playoffs last week. Uh, they've still got to fend off the Cardinals, but uh, Matthew Stafford threw three more picks. He's been a little too mistake prone. And Harbaugh was ten and one as a dog uh, into last week before that unfair fight against the Bengals. So he's been a great dog to us. Great, desperate Baltimore now. And if they're healthier this week, I think they beat the Rams outright. I also like Baltimore, Bruce. So you might want to reverse your decision there. Uh, <laughs> see, hey, what what happens in Seattle? Uh, the first ten loss season in about fifteen years for Carroll. I think the I think he was with the Jets the last time he had a ten loss season, and 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 Russell and that uh, Wilson and that that just is not getting along. Is 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 Carroll out? Do, do we hear from Wilson again? He wants to be moved here in this off season. What happens in Seattle going forward? That's a good question, and I think to be determined, and both some very big questions in the offseason here. I would, Carol is 70 years old. Uh, you're reading between the lines some of the things he's been saying lately. Some of the old rah rah might be hard to, uh, I mean, regenerate on his part. Uh, if Wilson is going to force his way out of town, and he sort of subtly did that last year, but I, I think, and, and Wilson is, is pretty, you know, into the Seattle community there. He's got a a piece of the WNBA team. He owns a part of them. Uh, but I think he need, he wants a bigger stage for this last part of his career, and he's not getting it in Seattle right now. They're looking to rebuild up there. Um, I, you know, they'll let Carroll decide what he wants to do. They're not going to force Carroll out. And he and John Schneider, the GM, have worked very well over the years. Wilson is the one you got to watch. And I almost sort of think if he wants to force his way out and force a trade, that might prompt Carroll to not come back. I don't know. Those are two very big questions coming up. And uh, remember last year, Wilson had a few supposed teams he would entertain offers to. Um, that could all happen. And uh, I, I certainly don't like them this week against the Lions. There's another one. Goff, by the way, has been cleared from COVID, but he does have this little knee problem. They may have to go with Boyle again this week. But Detroit's been a great point spread story this year. And uh, Seattle has not. So uh, you might make a case for the Lions up there on Sunday. Bruce, we got about a minute. Uh, we'll see how the season ends, how the story's written when it's all said and done. But what of Aaron Rodgers next year? Yeah. Um, he's uh, – it won't drag on uh, this offseason. He's sort, of, he's sort of said that already. Um, I almost think he's more likely to want to leave Green Bay if he wins the whole thing this year. And uh, it, it could. I mean, this Denver talk isn't going away. And, and of course, he'd, if he wants to go in the market, he'd have no shortage of suitors. He might be looking at what Brady did late in his career and say there might be one more spot for me. So uh, I would see that. I would One more point about the Packers here. Their defense has pulled out some of these games. The Arizona game, 
at the end, the Baltimore game and the Cleveland game last week. So I know Rodgers is having a great year, but that underrated defense is actually directly uh, made the plays to give them uh, three wins that could have gone the other way very easily. So that defense is a little better than advertised in Green Bay. Bruce, tell about the gold sheet. Thanks. Check us out at goldsheet.com. Bowl games up there now. Gold sheet basketball every day. NFL this weekend. My picks. Goldsheet.com. Also Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. You are the man, Bruce. Happy New Year, buddy, uh, and thank you for doing this. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year, guys. Bruce Marshall. Doesn't get better than that. Love having Bruce on the proverbial show. We're coming back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot, Series 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, and here at the KSHP Studios, AM 1400 in Las Vegas. Top of the hour, Stevie and I will take your phone calls, Vegas Hockey Outline. We love doing the hockey show. If you're a hockey fan, think you'll like it, uh, KSHP.com, there's a listen live function there, and Scott Frell coming up top of the hour along the network. Stevie, on the NBA side of things, we got a light schedule now. We got four games, but guess what, buddy? More COVID. Yeah, COVID's like part of the part of the plan. Denver actually has a bit of an outbreak going. Uh oh. And it's still on the board. I see it's still it's still on the board, but the Golden Golden State game with Denver is in doubt tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, and then Philly is at Brooklyn. Brooklyn's five and a half totals two twenty eight. Two and a half. Doc Rivers. Yeah. The Sixers head coach, COVID protocol. And, and Brooklyn just went through some some COVID issues, including Durant, but uh, he's back now. Uh, Atlanta also has a, a lot of COVID issues right now. I don't think they play tonight. But, um, again, you, you've got to check and find out who's available these days uh, in, in these games. Oh, oh speaking of which, uh, Bruce was talking about Jared Goff for Detroit. Um, with the with the knee issue, what I was reading yesterday is they think he'll be able to go. So Jared Goff probably starts uh, versus Seattle this week. Does he get a bad rap? Um, you know, they went to a Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, what he's surrounded with here, it's a different animal. I mean, he does make some bad decisions. He does. He does make inaccurate throws. Mm-hmm. The the skill sets there. It is. If you're surrounded with talent and a running game, I mean, is has he reached his ceiling? Is this I think it he for has. this guy? Yeah, I think he has. I don't. He he's a guy that can get you into the playoffs. I don't think he's a guy that wins you a lot of playoff games. As you said, there, there's there's bad decisions made on his throws. Uh, when he and McVeigh were together in Los Angeles, there were bad decisions made with time management and timeouts constantly. Um, so I just there, there there's talent there, Brian, for sure. But I just don't think it's enough, you know, that that he's going to win you an NFC Championship or anything like that. So let me give you the sixty-four thousand dollar question. We're week seventeen. We've seen a lot. We've seen teams that look like world beaters then fall off the map. Several of them have come back. Baltimore keeps sliding down. Green Bay's been constant all year long. I think Dallas is pretty intriguing. I don't know that Dallas could ever fly under the radar, but 
Who do you like? Seriously, the rest of the way. When the playoffs get it, who do you like? I, th- I think right now my, my favorite is Green Bay and, and you know, Rodgers is Rodgers, but Bruce was right. That defense has really stepped up lately. I'm really impressed with, with, with the Green Bay defense here. Um, I don't think you discount Tampa. Um, Dallas has played well, um, in fact, really well in that division. Um, th- those would be my three uh, NFC. In the AFC, Kansas City back on the beam, unbelievably. And again, the defense um, has played better. Um, I think I think that's kind of it for me in the AFC. They're, the NFC to me is a little more muddled um, than the AFC is. I Kansas City the definite favorite for me in the AFC. All right, let me just ask because this is not a rose-colored glasses thing. I know what I want to have happen. Buffalo's been such a frustrating team this year in that yeah. virtually every game they lost, they beat themselves. I yeah. mean, the Jags' loss is unforgivable. That. But, you know, the Pittsburgh game in the opener, okay, they didn't play very well. Blocked punt, blah, blah, blah. In the Tennessee game, you're about to win the game. Of quarterback sneak, Allen slips. The Tampa Bay game, could have got it. Uh, if they got a call that maybe they deserve to get. I, let me ask you, I mean this sincerely. Look at the last two weeks. I mean, the, the game they played in Tampa Bay, they played their lungs out and came roaring back and then went into New England and stomped them. Now, they made some mistakes to keep it close. They dominated that game. Josh Allen was AFC Player of the Week after the Patriots game. I got news for you. He was better against the Bucks. He really was. Okay. And... I mean, he just put that team on his shoulders. He had 100 yards rushing. He went, whatever. I think they could be getting right at the right time. I thought I thought Allen. I'll just say I thought Allen was really good in both games. Really, I don't. I don't think he was. For me, he wasn't better in one game over the other. I thought he was really good in I think, both. I think he was borderline great in both games. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree with that. My, my problem with Buffalo is the guy on the sidelines, and I, and look, yeah. McDermott has in. One way has turned this team around, but as you say, when they lose, they beat themselves, and it's him. And and I and I'm just I have a hard time backing them because I'm the afraid game of man, the game management starting to scare me. Yeah, I mean, in the New England game, you were asking about it before, and I dawned on me because I remember like, what are you an idiot? <laughs> New England got it first and goal at the one, and the Bills called the timeout on defense. Well, what are you doing? I mean, no so you called it. You wasted a timeout, yeah. and then they got a touchdown. Well, of course, and got. then of course it was could have been three and out, and you'd have been behind, and you have one left this timeout. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I again I, last year I had so much respect for him, even though there were some poor decisions during the year from McDermott. This year I just see poor decisions constantly, and, and he. That, that that's why I, that's why I can't back back them. The, the, all the talent is there, and I love Josh Allen. And it's I an, love and, Josh but Allen. But I'm telling you, in the, the the defense, they're like really highly ranked. Oh, they can't stop the run. Well, the Patriots got one long run in the windy game, uh, but they create turnovers. And I'm telling you, I, I don't think there's a better tandem, a better safety tandem, 
than Hyde and Poyer. Yeah. These guys create turnovers. Their defense is really, really good, and uh, especially when Milano's in there. I, he, he's been healthier this year, he's right? He's healthy, yeah. Yeah. When, he, when he's in there, they're, they're even better. But that, but that I, think team, it's, I guess more of my point is it's getting right at the right time. Like yeah. Tampa Bay got right at the right time yeah, last you're year. You're right. Well, that well that happens. I remember back in my day when Jim Puckett was running the Raiders, they they were wild card teams that, that won the Super Bowl. You, you got you have to get hot at the right time. And don't kid yourself. I I knew it. I really did. I was like, I, I wanted to shoot confetti into the sky. That the Pro Bowl. Who cares? I think it's a joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I could care less. These guys have bonuses, and it matters to the players. And it's recognition, and it's things on your resume down the road at the end of your career. Yes, yeah, so it matters. In the grand scheme of things, to me, it doesn't matter. But the week of the biggest game of the year, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson got named to the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen. That is a joke. And I'm like, thank you yeah. to give this guy – a bounce in his step and say, "Oh, really?" And look what he's done. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that he's the guy that you need to fire up. But they're they're a little more fire in the belly now, so so watch out. I, again, for me, it's the sidelines. It's McDermott, and and whether or not you know he makes the mistake that costs them the game. What do you make of the Rams? It, it, it really is it Stafford. The Dallas thing is interesting because their defense has had some really, really good moments with these two young kids giving them a spark. Can Prescott be consistent at the right time? I, I would I would rather trust Dallas right now than the Rams. I, I am McFay maybe is the same deal as McDermott. I, I don't know. I, there's all that talent there on that team. And I'm not feeling it. I am just not feeling it with them. I, I'm, and I'm not exactly sure what it is. It, it's, not, it's not something I can identify like I think I can identify with Buffalo. But I, the Rams, with all the talent they have, do not impress me, Brian. I, if they get healthy, I'm telling you, Indianapolis has something going on. Yeah, they do. It feels like they do. And go all the way back, Stevie. What I tell you? This was like the way back machine. I go, these guys are 80 to 1. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And they, they bounce back from 0 and 3. I, I'm, I'm really surprised. And that, you know, to me, it says a lot about Frank Reich. I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking about coaches, but I, Wentz, when they, when they picked him up, I go, what are you doing? Um, I know that they had a connection there. I really wasn't feeling it with him, and I don't know that he's been great this year. But, man, Frank Reich has done a fantastic job with that Colts team, in my opinion. Well, you think what? They were dangerous last year. Let me they tell were, you something. They were. They should have won, and I mean this sincerely. I sat there like, Phew. they should have beat Buffalo. Yeah, they should On the road in the play game. Yeah. And actually, Reich kind of coughed it up with some bad decisions, I thought. But th- that that team's been building towards. They have seven guys in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. No, they're. I'm 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 impressed with them. And and uh, it, it, it's too bad about Henry in Tennessee. I thought that that to me that was going to be a really good battle right to the end. It may, may still be, um, but if if Tennessee had uh, had Henry and, uh, and and Tennessee and Indy fighting it out for the top of that division, 
uh, really, really would have been something in my mind. How about Cam Akers? Yeah, coming back already from an Achilles. How is it possible? I I don't know. That uh, that shocks me. I wouldn't expect much from him. Um, he's going to be limited. I don't think he'll be the Cam Akers that we're used to. Um, but having him in there probably helps a little bit. You know, I did the the running game. When you, I know you talk about it with with your Bills. The same thing with the Rams. Why these guys are standing beside the quarterback and you hand them and there's no lead back, you can't get it going. And and I know that you know this is a pass happy league now. The, the rules are set up that way, but you need to be able to run the ball some to keep the defense honest. And and we don't see the run game like it used to be in the NFL anymore. You have the guy you know a few yards behind you so he can get a running go and have a lead blocker. You know, to, to, to fill whatever is in the hole, clear, clean that up, and, and, and get the guy going. I would say this. I mean, you got to get in first, the whole nine years. There are some reports out there saying there's a chance Derrick Henry shows up, maybe gets a little of the rust off in Week 18, and, you, and, you, got, and you got him for a playoff game. Huh? I mean, there's another one flying under the radar, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If they, if they get Henry back, watch out. Watch well, him. because it's not just that Derrick Henry's there; it makes Tannehill correct a solid quarterback. Correct. If it's if if teams are saying, "All right, we're playing nickel and dime because we're not letting Ryan Tannehill beat us," he's not going to. That's what, but well, if if you're more, more focused on Derrick Henry, then Ryan Tannehill can make plays with all these teams. If if you no matter how great your quarterback is, if you can keep the defense honest with some semblance of a run game, that makes your quarterback even better, no matter who he is. So that, so again, I I don't understand these handoffs. You know, standing beside the quarterback, no lead blocker, and make make it a running game. Run the ball once in a while. Keep the guys honest. Hey, if you're coming in from out of town, you're going to be on the strip. Do swing by Treasure Island over the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. Our pal Tony Neville's there. He's as good as it gets, and he'll take care of you. And if you're downtown, go see Tony Miller at the Golden Nugget, and you get the Blue Oyster Cold Show coming up tomorrow night. Uh, check out for more information at goldennugget.com. Coming back to take you to the top of the hour, Scott Frill on the network, and we'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline for you locally, racing towards the end of 2021. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Scott Frell coming up top of the hour on the network. Stevie and I will take your phone calls, Vegas Hockey Outline locally, KSHP.com. There's a listen live function there. Tomorrow, we'll be over at the Superbook at the Westgate. Football Central, great place to watch all the games on Sunday. That theater's a great atmosphere. Just a great ambiance when you're watching the games. And the Superbook's a special place, so we can't wait to get over there tomorrow. Andy is going to be swinging by, and we'll take you to a what should be a very busy weekend. Hopefully all these games get played. But i got to ask you, Stevie, I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty sure I know what you're doing. COVID or no COVID, tomorrow night it's hunker down. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I, uh, Halloween and New Year's Eve scare me. I, I do not... I, I, seriously, we have to be scared. I, I, but I don't want to. I just, I don't want to be out. I would rather, uh, you know, have a special someone over to the house and just the two of us. And 
As they say, it's rookie night. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what it is, and I don't want to be a part of it. So we say to everybody out there, have fun. Uh, be careful. Be safe. Have a good time. Yes. Get football games and sit back and have at it. We get some hockey games being played. Uh, by the way, lots of goals in the hockey. Yeah. Yeah, that was – I should have thought Golden Knights, it. by the way, I, I didn't realize it. We'll be doing the show tomorrow. The Golden Knights play tomorrow while we're on the air. I didn't realize. I didn't even think of that either. I, I know I was kicking myself the other night as, as these games were starting to go, and there's goals being scored all over the place. And I thought, come on, you should have thought of this. And apparently you did. I, I should have just bet every game over and, and played the salami and the whole deal. Well, hey, by the way, so if you're, you know, if you're not going to the game, if you don't have ducats to the game, come on over to uh, the Superbook tomorrow. Watch the uh, Golden Knights game. It'll be on on the big screens over at the West. I can't wait to see a hockey game on the big screen. It's got to be spectacular. Fantastic. All right. Thanks to JP. Appreciate everything he's done for us. Mike Cardano, everybody at the Sports Group Radio Network. It's been a fun year. Some trials and tribulations, but a lot of fun talking sports. And we're going to do it again tomorrow from the Superbook. Folks, I hope everybody has a wonderful day. We'll do it again tomorrow. Sports gaming winner. They listen to us. Don't rely on luck. Get the expert information you need. The winner.